Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Welcome to another episode of Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie. Hi, Marnie, and I'm glad to see you're feeling better. I am much better. I had a particularly nasty respiratory infection. Yes, and hence, no show last week. It feels good to be back in the groove of things. It's been a long time since we've had a regular studio show, because before Toy Fair, I got pneumonia. Then we had Toy Fair, and then you got this. So yeah. It's good to be back in the swing of things, even if the stores are not. I don't think the stores will be for a long time. Yeah, it's time to break out the Banana Ramna albums, because it's going to be a cruel summer. Oh, what what a little reference there. No one's thought about Banana Rama for a long time, including them. We are finding a few things at stores over at Toys R Us and Target. The holiday aisles are full of Easter Bunny stuff including Stormtrooper Easter Bunny Marshmallow Candy Pops that are hysterical. They are really cute, and I don't know if this is like a good marshmallow treat or not. I'm more of a Peeps girl. Give me some Stormtrooper Bunny-Eared Peeps, and I would be all over them. And also, the Peppermint Peeps are the best. They probably are Peep-ish, I would imagine. No, I bet they're the kind of really dense, dry marshmallow. They just look dry. I'll admit it, I didn't buy any. I just thought they were cute, but marshmallows will degrade very quickly and attract ants even quicker. Mm-hmm. Not a, really a collectible, nor something I wish to ingest. So I settled with taking a picture over at Target. I didn't find any Easter egg decorating kits, which has been some fun we've had for a lot of years. But they degraded and they just made them the wrappers, which I think is not as much fun. The wraps and the stickers versus some of the other things. I remember the year we had the egg holder with the TIE fighter wings. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But there were Easter baskets. There was a Yoda Easter basket that you could put it in. It was this weird, fuzzy, plushy Yoda head. It's very cute with the hair out of his ears and everything. It was selling pretty quick, I guess, because they only had one left. They also had these containers. Obviously, this isn't something they had when I was a kid, but they seem pretty popular these days. Little plastic containers into which you can put things yourself. Like, if you want to give your kid money instead of candy, I guess you could fold some $5 bills up in these. It's probably $1 bills, would be my guess. It depends on how many you're giving, actually. True, yeah. (laughs) 
I guess I'd have more fun if when I was like five searching for $21 bills than four or $5 bills. Yeah. But my mom always just hid the colored eggs. We never had these fancy schmancy rich people fill yourself eggs. My mom would color Easter eggs, hide them around the house, and then we'd forget about five of them and find rotten eggs in a few months. Mom was never good at finding out where she hid them. She forgot a lot of times. My mother never hid real eggs, probably for the rotten egg reasoning you've just given. Yeah. We had those little plastic eggs that were really cheap, like 20 for a dollar, and she'd put like three jelly beans in each one or something like that. Huh. Now, we would always get an Easter basket with candy in it, but the fun was finding the eggs around the house or in the yard if the weather was nice. Well, if you want to fill your own, they have these R2-D2 ones. I didn't pick them up. I'm waiting to see if maybe they have them after Easter when I can get a good discount. Because when they started putting out the Easter stuff, I got a great discount on this R2-D2 Valentine's Day thing that I didn't even see before Valentine's Day. It's a candy holder that was a kind of a plushy, soft vinyl top. You know, it felt padded. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if I can get these R2-D2s because they are so poor that I love them. They are so poorly painted that they make me think of the vintage R2-D2, which looked absolutely nothing like (laughs) R2-D2. They also have the Vader heads, which are just black, which I guess I need to pick up because I did pick up this other thing. Again, good for hiding for about six bucks. You get 16 Vader heads and all the Vader heads here have little chewy candies in them. The lemon heads and whatnot, jelly beans. What I find funny about the multi-pack, though, is they're all pastel colored. Yeah, they're kind of oddly colored. Now, I know they've been kind of playing with that at Christmas. They've had the blue and the red. These are orange, yellow, green, blue. Yeah, can you imagine Star Wars if the very first time you see it, the John Williams score is playing, the stormtroopers just slaughtered the rebels, the door is full of smoke, and in walks... A giant banana. Yeah, I just don't see how that would work out. On the one hand, I get it because it's Easter. But on the other hand, I don't get it because Vader only works in black. Maybe people don't like black Easter accessories? Well, the individual candy holders were black. I don't know. These are so bad they're good. They reminded me of, like, the Andy Warhol paintings of, like, Marilyn Monroe where they mocked it with Freddy Krueger where it has the four (laughs) different ones in the colors. That's what these really are flashing me back to. Over in their cheap aisle, they also have Easter eggs that are Star Wars themed, but they're just generic eggs, and there's a cellophane wrap around them that have Star Wars characters on them. See, that's no fun. I want something that actually has Star Wars printed on it so that you can have that. I want it a step further. I want it molded in a Star Wars way, like the Empire M&M candy holders that they've done in the past. They have a Star Wars M&M character molded, attached to the top permanently. Whereas if it's just a wrap, you have to tear the wrap to open the egg and get the candy out. So I passed on those, but I did buy, speaking of Empire, the Star Wars Empire egg. I don't understand this because, well, first of all, if you're buying this, don't expect like some fancy M&M thing that we've gotten in the past. It's just stickers and a plastic wrap on an M&M dispenser that's an egg. It's like they had a whole bunch of these laying around the M&M warehouse. We're like, how can we use these? These failed miserably. Throw some Empire on them. I'm sure that that's exactly what it is. Not that they failed miserably, but that by having a shrink wrap design around it, they can make it Star Wars. They can make it My Little Pony. They can make it Disney, whatever they want to do for it, whatever they tie into. It's a little ingenious thing. You push down on the broken egg top and candy comes out. 
It would be kind of nice, I think, for like an office worker who wants to ration their M&Ms. No, because if you just go boom, 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 you can get them all out at once. Oh, I haven't tried that. How well? There's a little bit of a quality control problem with this, because if you hit the top of it, you can get anywhere from one to three M&Ms instead of just one at a time. I like one at a time, because then it makes me feel like I'm eating a whole bunch of them. Well, then don't tilt it. Just pat it. You can go, no whammies, no whammies, boom, M&M. Hmm. But this kind of thing is going to be about all you're going to find at Target and when it comes to Star Wars for quite some time. Our friends over at Jedi Temple Archives have seen their planogram at Target, and it looks like they are getting rid of their... Star Wars toy section. Well, there's nothing coming out. They are re-releasing older greatest hits vintage figures and cases of movie heroes and Clone Wars figures from last year are just starting to go up for pre-order at Entertainment Earth, so those would be available. They could stock some of the harder-to-find items from last year, but it looks like they're choosing not to, and we also read that those Target three-packs of vintage figures, we knew Daryl DePriest kind of hoped that those would keep going until all of the vintage three-packs had been reproduced, but they now need to find a new outlet. Target does not want any more of those. They always did go on clearance. And the latest ones more so than most. If your store has any left, ours doesn't, but those three-packs are down to as low as $8. And there's a lot of clearances going on at Target's. I've heard of vintage figures being moved to those clearance end caps they have back by the board games and marked way down as low as $5, sometimes even less. I'm kind of hoping that they mark down those new Class 2 vehicles, the $20 vehicles, because I refuse to buy those unless they're really cheap. I kind of like this about you now. That I'm stingy? A little bit stingy, a little bit cautious. I think of people who started out with us and they kind of compare and contrast old Arnie, new Arnie. New Arnie's a little bit more sensible. Well, these things are just terrible. And the new Class 2 vehicles being so small, they're not for me. And what I'm equating them to is like the Jedi Force line of figures. They are intended that much for kids. And even though a three and three quarter inch figure fits in them, I don't consider them part of the three and three quarter inch line that I've been collecting since 1995. I consider them a different line for younger kids that the new basic articulation figures could also be seen as. I'm going to get the figures, but these tiny, tiny vehicles, they're going to show up at a TJ Maxx or perhaps Target's end cap of clearance, because if Target's getting rid of them, our Target has a bunch of these vehicles sitting there for $20 a piece. If they want to clear out that entire section, I'll just keep visiting Target regularly and get them for 10 Yeah, uh, before, a lot of places didn't put Star Wars on clearance. So this is a new thing. You're going to be able to pick up a lot of stuff. And I think it's kind of a great strategy right now, the way things have changed. Yeah. I mean, the only good use I've seen for these small vehicles comes from Yak Face. I never would have thought of it, but they posed some Kubricks with these tiny vehicles, which really show you how terrible scale they are. If you put Kubricks outside of them, realistically, they're still too small for even Kubricks. If you look at what the scale of Slave 1 should be versus Yak Face's photo of two Kubricks and Slave 1, it's still a tiny, tiny vehicle, but it looks much better with Kubrick's because Kubrick's being super deformed. You can kind of go with the out-of-scale ship the more than you can a pseudo-realistic three-and-three-quarter-inch figure. And Target's not the only one having clearance. Kmart is having clearance. If yours has any ATSTs left, 
you might be able to get one for $15, about half off. Jedi Temple saying some places have them as low as 10 Yeah, over at TJ Maxx, they've got some of the 2012 figures for $5 each, which it's been a long time since we've seen $5 figures. That's like episode three days. TJ Maxx, I go to ours pretty regularly anymore, and their selection is really limited. I don't know if they just have them and they sell out, if they're getting full cases, the same as I would order off Entertainment Earth, or if they're just getting some weird box that has four figures in it and those are what they put out. But yeah, your TJ Maxx, or if you have them, a Ross store near you. Ours is opening Next week, we're getting a Ross. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen. I've only been in them outside of Springfield, so this may change our collecting game a little bit. adds a new store for us. We're also getting a Five Below, so that also adds a store, too. Yeah, because they were getting all those figures that other places weren't. And finally, it seems like about a year ago that Walmarts were getting the wave of vintage figures. We were calling them Wave 2, 2012 Wave 2. They were the deleted scene figures to tie into the Blu-ray release, and Walmarts would get them, and you couldn't get out of the stores with them. Well, they're showing up now at Toys R Us, along with a lot of the greatest hits vintage figures like Naminor, and I'm seeing a lot of Kithaba, but still no red headband Kithaba, and the Gamorrean Guard. And, again, some Toys R Uses even have them on clearance. Toys R Us has a lot of buy one, get one 40%, 50% off sales, but ours didn't have any discount on vintage, but one of our listeners wrote in and said that their Toys R Us marked vintage figures down to six ninety eight. And that's unheard of at Toys R Us. They just really don't do that very often. And, in fact, speaking of Toys R Us sales, because we are regular shoppers at ToysRUs.com, I'm getting a lot of coupons emailed to me, some for in-store that I actually have to print out because they have a barcode. But from March 1st through March 9th, you can get 20% off a purchase of $100 or more at ToysRUs.com with promo code TRU20OFF. So if you need some vintage figures or some things like that, it's a good coupon code. I really, really wish that Endor Adat would have shown up so I could get 20% off of it, but now I'm starting to hear rumors in the wind that that may show up sometime in March or April. Hopefully before March 9th. But with stores pretty barren, I've been doing some shopping online. Uh-oh, that always worries me. Saves on gas. It does, yes. My Gentle Giant Premier Guild membership is auto-renewing, and... That gives me the option of one of three Premier Guild gifts, and of course I can then buy the others because I'm in the Premier Guild. And this year there's two mini busts and a figure like they did last time. I'm not too excited about any of these offerings, though. Whereas last year I'm like, ooh, a Rebel Fleet Trooper, gotta have him. Ooh, a Republic Commando, gotta have him. Ooh, a Gamorrean Guard Jumbo figure, might need that. I don't really do the Jumbo figures, but I might need a Gamorrean. This year I'm like, oh, alright, Holographic Vader bust, huh? I'm not a fan of the Holographic bust. They seem to me like cheapo variants where they take the sculpts they already have and just inject them with blue. That's exactly what happens. I'm positive. You can always see the mold lines very clearly. I just never was a huge fan of them. And yeah, it looks like that Vader bust that I've already got, I think, twice. One with the burned Anakin head and one just regular head. And now I'm going to get it in this blue ice sculpture. I'll change my tune if somebody can give me a sample of exactly one scene in any of the saga where Vader, as a hologram, is holding a lightsaber that's lit. 
<laughs> there probably isn't. That's like having a loaded gun while you're on the phone. <laughs> Literally, it is. The other one would actually excite me if it was a little bit better made. It's a Mace Windu bust. Now, maybe the final product will look better than the pre-release photos, because we know how often that happens. It's never the other way around. No, quite often the pre-production shots are just not, they just don't have it there. They haven't done the fine tooling, and it's more just to kind of get you excited about it when really you're just kind of like, oh, well, opposite of what you intended, I'm not going to buy it yet. Let's see how it goes. Well, I think usually they airbrush the heck out of these early shots, but this one does not look very good. It's the Mace Windu minibus. Now, this could have been a great idea because they've only done, to my memory, one Mace Windu minibus. It was one of their first ones. It was the ones that had no arms. He had this wide open, shrieking mouth voice. And so to have an updated minibus of Mace, one that has arms, would be a good thing. But to me, this doesn't look at all like Sam Jackson. No, it really doesn't. But it just dawned on me, the total prophecy of the first minibus being Mace Windu with no arms. <laughs> just now hit me. Well played, Gentle Giant. Well played. Well, this is definitely from that scene you're talking about. The way he's pointing the purple lightsaber, it definitely makes me think that he's about to execute Palpatine there. He's too dangerous to live. Mm-hmm. But for people who remember... At the end of episode one, and I don't think it's as visible on the DVDs or the Blu-rays, but I remember in theaters, when the Jedi go to Naboo at the very end, and they all are exiting the shuttle, yes, an African-American bald man leaves the ship, but it is not Sam Jackson. It looks nothing like Sam Jackson. I know there were accusations of racism in episode one, but honestly, taking a bald black man saying he's close enough and having him come down the ramp is a little but insulting. That's what this looks like to me is the guy who walked down the ramp, not Sam Jackson. I think later on they pasted Sam Jackson's face over the stand-in they had. Maybe it's the stunt double. It may have been a stunt double, and maybe they always intended to paste Sam Jackson's face on and didn't get the effect done in time for theatrical release of The Phantom Menace. But that's who this looks like to me more than Sam Jackson. It looks like the younger, bald guy who walked down the ramp of the shuttle. So if you take away Mace Windu and you called him something else like they did for all the other Jedi Council members who they didn't get the original actors back, I might have gone with it. But for Mace Windu, not so much. And then the third thing, the Jumbo figure, this one's an easy pass for me, but that's because I'm not enthralled with all these Jumbo figures. I know some people are, and this may be the most exciting. If I was into the Jumbo figures, this would be the most exciting for me. It's a Boba Fett first shot Jumbo figure reproducing the prototype look of the rocket firing Boba Fett. I think they've got to be very careful with these Jumbo figures because they've been pumping them out hard and heavy lately. And they're going to run the risk of losing their novelty and their funness, kind of like the minibus did, because now it's like, oh, another minibus. Yay. And it's going to get like that with these giant figures. They've got to be very careful. You've made a couple good points there. When it comes to the jumbo figures, I've seen some displays of them carded on walls. And longtime listeners know that I did that with the small carded figures. And I think that that's a really nice way to do it. Ever since I saw a display like that at Celebration 2, I was never a carded collector. So we went to Celebration 2 and a collector had his entire carded line out, every figure 95 through the 2002 releases. To me, a carded collection that takes up an entire wall 
reminds me of a Surat pointillism painting, where from a distance, it's this one thing, but as you get closer and closer and start to examine each piece of it, each dot that makes up the whole, it becomes a real mind warp, like Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It was pretty stunning when you had all those Carter figures in that room in our old house. Yeah, I liked that a lot. When you take the figures and you blow them up to four times the size and you have one quarter the number of figures, it just looks like big things on a wall. It looks nice, but I don't think it justifies the cost. The increasing cost of collectibles make jumbo figures not worth it. At about 40 a piece, I'd probably be all in, but they're 80 a piece. And as such, I get only the ones that I really love, like the Greedo. As far as doing some of these other kinds of things, I'm surprised they're not continuing doing their Power of the Force variants where you get the coin or something. Instead of doing a prototype Boba Fett, a figure that has a great lore. If you can find one, you're going to be paying a pretty, pretty penny for it. But I don't know that this has the displayability being all one color when it's blown up four times the size and has the very visible seams and the things that I just don't like about the jumbo figures because they're so accurate. If Kenner had made the figures four times the size, the seams wouldn't be four times as big. The Kenner 12-inch figures didn't have proportionally these issues that you create when you blow up the small items. So I like that they're going into the history. It's something that's really going to click with collectors, but I just don't find myself needing it. I'm kind of relieved to hear that because they are large and bulky and awkward and cumbersome to display. I don't know. It's kind of interesting to see how this is going to go. Some people get really excited, but I think a lot of people are doing character-specific collecting with this or ones that meant a lot to them as a kid. Which is exactly what I'm doing. Primarily, I'm doing Cantina Aliens. Yeah, because you like Greedo. The other thing is they're putting this Boba Fett on a half card, which is what they did with the Blue Snaggletooth. We saw the Blue Snaggletooth at a toy store up in New York when we were there for Toy Fair where it doesn't go with the rest of the collection, where they have the giant cards where it's the picture of the character producing the Kenner card. It's about a half card that just is something you can put the figure on. I guess it's good because if you have Blue Snaggletooth and this Boba Fett, if you are doing one of those big wall displays, you could put them next to each other and two figures take up the space of one card. But for me, I think it's kind of a meh thing. You mentioned the minibus and people getting tired of the minibus. And that's something that's happening to me is when I had three minibus, because I started with just the chrome ones. They were really special and really blingy because they were the chrome ones. Then I started getting a few more and they looked really nice. And when we finally moved out of our house and I had, I think, close to 75 minibusts on display, I was four or five per shelf and at least 12 shelves of them. It just started to, again, kind of overwhelm and while each one may be finely crafted, it gets lost in the sea of minibusts. I've kind of taken a longer-term view of them, and I'm being a little bit more selective, but I also keep buying all the exclusives. As we talked about last year when I got really screwed buying that exclusive Darth Nihilus bus that went on clearance two weeks later. One of our listeners has told me, and I haven't gotten any other confirmation, but maybe some other listeners can point me in some direction, that... Companies are kind of 
downplaying minibus. They're very, very low profit in today's market where costs are so high. They're trying to keep the costs down on these. They're still up to $80 a piece, which is exorbitant. When I started buying them, they were half that, literally. And they've cut their margins so thin that they don't make much money off of them. And collectors are getting tired of them, especially at the price point, when for less than double the price, you can get a full statue in some cases. Yeah, I just don't think for what you get, the price is fair or adequate considering statues. You're absolutely right. I mean, you can get a maquette in some cases for about that price or just a little bit more. And that seems to be more of a value. I mean, is that just me? I think that there's a lot of collectors going that way based on my anecdotal evidence. So listeners, let us know what you think. But looking at the entire market, when we go to San Diego Comic-Con and Toy Fair, it used to be minibus were absolutely everywhere. You'd go to every booth and somebody had minibus of whatever property they were hawking. It seems like we're seeing a lot less minibus. Kotobukiya used to do minibus for various properties and they don't anymore. Sideshow Collectibles used to do minibusts and they don't anymore. Gentle Giant is still one of the companies that keeps cranking them out. Bowen Collectibles did some for Marvel, but they've kind of cut back on their minibus in favor of the statues and they've said they make virtually no money on the minibus. They've come out and publicly stated that. They'll do them for some more B-level characters, but it's not the core of their business. So with these two offerings, I'm going to get both because I keep getting the exclusives. But of the two, the Mace Windu is the better one, and it's not that good. I hope it looks better in person, and when it ships in the fourth quarter, we will do a review here on the show. Also up for pre-order, this time on Entertainment Earth, are the Series 4 Star Wars Pops bobbleheads by Funko. They've got some pretty good ones, in my opinion, coming out with the Series 4. I had a feeling you'd go for this. But I'm a little disappointed because this is the first time I've ever seen Jar Jar look sad. He doesn't look sad, he's smiling. It kind of looks like he's got just like a grumpy face on for some reason. Well, what these are, they didn't have them out at Toy Fair, but I wasn't sure if that meant we weren't going to see any more. But went up for pre-order at Entertainment Earth, Series 4 of the Funko Bobbleheads, and I knew as soon as I saw it, there would be three people who would be excited. Marjorie is one. Yes. Steve the Ginger Prince is another. Yes. And his wife Suzanne is a third. Yes. Because in this series, you get Jar Jar Binks, Yay! Admiral Akbar, and Wicket the Ewok. Yay! Plus R2-D2, who I'm not quite sure how he's going to bobble. Yeah, I've always wondered how they're going to make R2 bobble, but I guess we're going to have to see if we can find him and see how he bobbles. What I really love is that they kept the pop vinyl iconic eye as his sensor. So he has that big black eye like all the others. Then you've got... Lando, and he's sporting quite a fro in this one. He's got some nice cloud-like hair. It is giant hair, yes. And finally, Queen Amidala in the episode one light-up dress. Not that the pop vinyl lights up, but the dress did. It's the dress with the candles at the bottom, the red one. These are all up for pre-order at Entertainment Earth, and I've gone ahead and ordered all of them. Oh, well, I get a Jar Jar one then. Another item went up for pre-order last week. This one a lot more expensive. The latest in Sideshow's Mythos line, Darth Vader. Don't we kind of know what Darth Vader was doing between all this? I mean, it's very clear what Vader was up to. Well, the Mythos line isn't all in between the movies. That's just the Obi-Wan. This is Vader... I guess after he returned to Mustafar, they're all just artistic renderings of non-canon expressions 
of classic characters. What I really like about this Vader Mythos statue is the variety of ways you can display him. Because you can have him basically holding out his own helmet in that... I can't believe Obi-Wan did this to me! I was thinking, poor Yorick, I knew him, Horatio kind of Shakespearean way. I wasn't thinking that. You could have him do the fish shake because, you know, in a, I always love that scene where Tarkin is talking to Vader in the conference room in A New Hope and Vader's shaking his fist like a 1950s serial villain. Or you can have him with the lightsaber kind of back over his shoulder in a, I'm going to lop off your head, but I'm not going to put a lot of energy into it kind of mode. To have that many display options for a piece is really nice. And... I think the Mythos statues have been a real jumping-on point for high-end collectibles for a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of collectors who go, I missed out on the premium formats, I came late to the Gentle Giant game, these Star Wars Mythos statues, I'm all in. I personally haven't ordered any yet. This Darth Vader one is the one I'm most teased with because I love the way that his cape is kind of burned, like the lava has seared it. I just love the detail on it. That is a nice touch. I was noticing how the bottom of the cape really looks ratty. Then it makes me wonder how Obi-Wan and Anakin survived at all. Now, he is the most expensive Mythos statue at 350 They really have taken a jump. Their very first one, Darth Maul, 250 and he's still in stock. So if you've missed out, none of the Mythos statues are sold out at this point. You could go back... Pre-order the ones not out and get your Darth Maul for two fifty. The Gamorian, who's my second favorite, I just love the detail of his piggy flesh with all the warts and everything. He's gonna ship in March. He's still available for pre-order for three twenty-five. The Boba Fett, another nice piece, but perhaps my least favorite. I'm not much of a Clint Eastwood fan, and if I liked the Clint Eastwood Man With No Name trilogy, I would probably be all over this because it feels like a mashup to me with that cape and everything. I see it, I'm almost like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, that kind of thing with him. If I whistled it, it would make more sense. Okay, because I didn't get it. And he was 325 shipping in June. Now we're up to 350 shipping in September. Vader's expensive. He's just, he's a high-priced man. It's almost like crack. Your first hit was cheaper. That happens quite a bit, doesn't it? But it's a nice line, just not one I've gotten in on yet. I have a feeling they're finally going to do a piece, and I'm just going to be like, oh, then I'll be going back and paying more on eBay. Finally, over at Star Wars Action News sponsor Brian's Toys, they have in stock ready to ship an item I did jump on, the FX Collectibles TIE Fighter Limited Edition. You've been waiting on that. Yeah, I can't wait to display it now that it's here. And Brian's Toys has it for the retail price. It has not yet gone up on the secondary market. You can get that right now for $9.99.99. When you say it out loud, it makes it that much worse. Because you said $9.99.99, right? That's what I said. Okay. Yeah, when you say it out loud, it sounds worse than it really is. Or maybe it is just worse. Can't decide there. Believe me, that TIE Fighter, I opened it up to make sure it was in good condition and not broken. Worth every penny. Yeah, you've been salivating over that for a long time, waiting for it to appear. And for those of you who are buying those gentle giant jumbo figures, my personal favorite way to display them isn't the big cards on the wall. I was never drawn to those. But the one thing that gets me thinking I should go back and backfill some of those jumbo figures is that jumbo cantina display that General Giant has come out with. And that's available at Brian's Toys. And yeah, while it is just a paper backdrop, 
that really brings back good memories of some of those vintage toys. And I think displaying the jumbo figures loose in a cantina environment, I just like that a lot better from the pictures I've seen of it online versus displaying them all still on the cards where they take up so much space. One of the most valuable things to me is A, time, and B, wall space. Because I'm running out of both. (laughs) And remember, when checking out at Brian's Toys, be sure to mention you were referred to them by Star Wars Action News. And finally this week, just wanted to follow up on a little bit of news from Toy Fair. Was mentioned during our Toy Fair coverage that Clone Wars figure line is over. This is part of the reason why Target is bailing on the Star Wars figures for a while. You're losing half your figures right there. The count of Clone Wars figure releases had been far more limited. But the hardest thing, though, is that Wave 1 of the 2013 figures will not be released in the States. This has been said at Toy Fair by Hasbro, confirmed again, and that caused a buzz among all of us who were covering Toy Fair, because if you think about it, if you're running a Star Wars collecting site, us, Yak Face, Jedi Temple Archives, Galactic Hunter, I mean, we do it because we love collecting, and immediately all of us were like, where will we get the figures? Yeah, that was the biggest problem there. And you get a group of some of the most hardcore collectors in the country together, and we're all, like, sharing brain power. And one thing came up, Mike at Galactic Hunter pointed me towards Toy Palace, a German collecting site, because Daryl DePriest said the Germans were buying them up, and Toy Palace had this up for pre-order. So let me get this straight. The Germans love the Clone Wars and David Hasselhoff. That is my understanding. So I went ahead and placed an order at Toy Palace. I was... A little bit nervous. Unfortunately, I thought it was a lot more expensive than it was. (laughs) Being an American, I got pounds and euros confused. I thought I was paying 117 pounds plus 55 pounds in shipping. No, you're paying euros. Yeah, I thought I was paying pounds. But it's still rather expensive. While not as expensive as it would have been in pounds, because in pounds I would have been paying $262 for that case of figures which is exorbitant. As it is, I would have been paying 227 for those figures. You got them, though. I canceled my order yesterday. <gasps> what? Why? Got a text from Jonathan, host of Republic Forces Radio Network. These figures showed up in Canada. A Canadian guy is selling them for 180 Oh, good. So I did a buy it now and got an entire sealed case on Canadian cards, not German cards, for 180 Very good. Plus $15 of, for Canada Post Light Packet International shipping. So Watch out, the old King Clancy on that shipping from Canada. They really will. Although I am going to miss my emails from Toy Palace. Er Carvalho! <laughs> Maybe feel like I was in an old World War II movie. Or The Sound of Music. Yes, Er Carvalho! The Germans have such a matter-of-fact language. It sounds so official and business-like, doesn't it? They don't mess around. But I was... Looking at split shipping, because I'd also ordered some 2013 movie heroes, which I'm feeling less excited about than the Clone Wars figures, and it was going to be 55 euros per shipment, whether I had them ship me one case or two cases. So I went ahead and canceled the Toy Palace order. I'm looking at my friends at the Great White North if those movie heroes show up too. But if you think about it, what is the single rarest vintage figure? Vinyl Cape Jawa? Ooh, good one. I was thinking Yak Face as a figure, but yeah, Vinyl Cave Jawa, because it's a variant, may actually be there. But Yak Face on the Power of the Force 2 card, never released in the States, goes crazy money even loose. We now have an entire wave of figures that has been Yak Faced. 
That's funny. We were just talking earlier this show about how I like to wait for things to go on clearance, but I'm looking at these. I think at the time to buy these, if you're a collector who wants this wave of figures, is immediately. Oh, I wouldn't wait. It's not like they're going to show up eventually. I mean, we still have hope that they may show up in like a big lots or something, but you can't count on that. Hasbro has said they are not coming to the States. I don't know why they would ship cases of old figures and not ship new figures to places like Brian's Toys and Entertainment Earth, but... They've said they're not coming here. I feel we're in the glut right now where there's a lot of availability on eBay. And yes, it's expensive. $200 is a lot of money for some action figures, but I see these going up in price. I did only buy one case. I'm not an opener of Clone Wars figures. I keep a mint on card. I figure I'll get the one case, call it a day. If I ever stumble across them cheap at a toy show or something, play the really long game, like the 20-year long game, then see if I get those. So what do you think? These are going to be like episode one figures someday? No, but who's to say that in 10 years, Hasbro's not going to take these molds and reuse them in some way? If there's one thing Daryl and the Star Wars brand team have been great about... It's about taking figures that were hard to find and whenever possible getting them back out there in some way for the completest loose collector to get those figures. It's for the carded collectors that were screwed. With the exception of Efontmon, I have a hard time thinking of a hard to find figure that hasn't been battle packed, re-released, greatest hits, something. He'd be kind of hard to battle pack. He's also very large. Yeah, he was too expensive. He broke the bank, you know? He was so expensive for them to make that they made him and it was one and done. And there may be a few exclusives that didn't get that treatment. Toy Fair Vader, although they did another Silver Vader. Lava Reflection Vader, George Sakul. But normally, Hasbro has taught me that to jump too expensively is at my own detriment. So in case they do show up at a Big Lots or something, I'm getting the one case and then just waiting and seeing. Also, there was a very funny moment at Toy Fair where somebody was asking Daryl DePriest about Droid Factory, and Daryl kind of slapped his forehead and went, We forgot the slides! (laughs) And it actually was kind of bad news. They told Disney they were going to announce the new Star Tours exclusives at Toy Fair, And they just didn't put the slides in the PowerPoint. Oh. Happens to everyone. But there are two new Hasbro multi-packs coming to Star Tours. There's Star Tours Search for the Rebel Spy, which has a signal droid, a seeker droid, and a sky trooper. And then there's Star Tours Sector 2 Security with a G2 droid, C-3PO, and an RX droid. And the G2 droid is rebuilt from scratch for far more accurate detail and the first appearance of the Seeker droid. These are going to launch in May at Walt Disney World during Star Wars weekends and then be available at Disney World in Florida and Disneyland shortly after. And of course, a lot of these figure packs are able to be ordered online from Disney. But Daryl said something really interesting there that made a lot of sense to me. There's been a lot of people talking about maybe Droid Factory was canceled because the R2 Build-A-Droids are at Disney World, and Disney World says, well, we have the R2, so you can't put them in the Droid Factory line. For those who are going really crazy over those Build-A-Droid Disney figures, and especially since the rumor has it this year there's going to be a whole new wave of R2 units, those are not Hasbro figures. Oh, that's right. I forgot all about that. Daryl went at length that they sold the tools to Disney. That's as far as the involvement of Hasbro went. 
Disney manufactured them. They use their own manufacturing plants. Daryl does not know where they're being manufactured. If they're being manufactured the same place in China that the Star Wars figures are, or if they're manufactured somewhere else, they have no part of that. Disney has no pull, or Hasbro has no say about the scarcity and the availability of the parts. Hasbro said, here's some tooling, and Disney went and made this. So if you are a complete Hasbro figure collector, you do need these Star Tour sets, but you don't need a single Build-A-Droid from Disney. This is going to get confusing. Yeah, I'm kind of, I realize I'm... Simplifying it? More like legalizing it. It's like, the letter of the law says those aren't Hasbro figures. The spirit of the law says they are Hasbro figures. (laughs) But the letter of the law says they're not Hasbro figures. Arnie R. Preston Esquire. <laughs> See, as all of the conspiracy theories around Hasbro was doing this, Hasbro was doing that, or the biggest thing I heard was Hasbro can't get figures to stores and Hasbro can't get Build-A-Droid parts to Disney. Well, they're not getting them to Disney, so yeah, they can't. <laughs> yeah, they had no part of that. But I do think these Star Tours packs are kind of fun things. To me, they serve more as souvenirs than as figures because you go there you see all these droids around in the area you wait about an hour in before you get to ride the five minute ride and they also conveniently dump you out there too so you can purchase many star wars things on your way out of the ride ingenious disney ingenious and that is our show for this week we will be back next week with a review of the brian's toys exclusive jocasta new figure as well as Kotobukiya's first entry into the Star Wars Bishoujo line. My Janus Solo just arrived. I'll be taking her down to the photo studio, and we'll have a hands-on review next week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook and Twitter. The links to our social media sites are at swactionnews.com. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that podcast at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. You can help support Star Wars Action News by making a donation using the Donate button at SWActionNews.com or by using affiliate links on the Star Wars Action News homepage when shopping online. Your support helps keep Star Wars Action News on the air.
We also appreciate it if you would spread the word about Star Wars Action News. If you enjoyed the show, please post about Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media network of choice, or just tell a friend about the show. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes page is at SWActionNews.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is segment reporters Jerry, Brock, Jonathan, Nathan, and Steve, graphic design by Chris, image editing by Jay, podcast enhancement by Andrew and Barrett, associate produced and podcast announcements by Brock. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. It was the ones that had no arms. He had this wide open, shrieking mouth voice. Not mouth voice, just mouth. As well as gentle, not gentle giant. Yeah. Kotobukiya. Mm-hmm.